if you start working for yourself, the steps involved. This is season 12, episode 11. Here's a quick preview of what's to come on today's show. So you're probably self-employed if you, if you start working for yourself, you will be classed as a sole trader. How do we go about this? Working for yourself. I know you love it. Working for yourself. Because I love it too. Working for yourself. Soul talks about it. Making it easy for you. Working for yourself. Go be your own boss. Working for yourself. Soul will help you along. Working for yourself. Powered by trusted creators. I'm going to cover some of the information. This is all available via the link in the show notes, but I want to elaborate on it a little bit just to help you understand the steps involved. Hopefully you find this useful. If you start working for yourself, you will be classed as a sole trader. This means you're self-employed. So that means you're working for yourself, even if you haven't told HMRC. So who is HMRC? In the UK, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs is who looks after the tax and all the collecting of money for everybody here. Running a business, it's an interesting area. It doesn't have to be an actual physical business. You might decide to set up your own little selling of eBay stuff, Etsy stuff, creations you make. And technically, you wouldn't think you're a business but you will be operating in that way. What does that actually mean? So you're probably self-employed if you run your business for yourself and take responsibility for its success or failure or have several customers at the same time. You can decide how, where and when you do your work. You can hire other people at your own expense to help you to do the work for you. Provide the main items of equipment to do your work. Are responsible for finishing any unsatisfactory work in your own time. Charge an agreed fixed price for your work or sell goods or services to make a profit. So that's a list of a few things that you would be probably self-employed if you do. Many of these are also uh, applied to a limited company. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit further on, but you're not classed as self-employed by HMRC. Instead, you're both an owner and an employee of your company, if you're a limited company. I might do a separate episode on that because working for yourself, as you progress through this career, you will get to a point where you'll either do really well or you'll pivot and do something else, which then makes you want to look at other options to make yourself a little bit more tax efficient and if that works out for you, we will cover that in a later episode. So stay tuned. So it will help wherever you're listening to this just to give me a, a review or rating or subscribe so you get the notifications for the next section. You can be both employed and self-employed at the same time. For example, if you work for an employer during the day and run your own business in the evenings, this will be a common one. So a lot of people tend to work their day job and like to have a little bit of a hobby that they want to make into something that makes them a little bit of money and this applies so you're working during the day but you can also work during evenings or weekends for example for yourself you can check whether you're self-employed 
and by actually looking through how many hours you're working, what you're doing, how much money you're spending, these things will come in handy. The main areas to consider is selling goods or services. You could be classed as a trader, self-employed, working for yourself. If you sell goods or services, if you're trading, you're self-employed. Some examples would be like sell regularly to make a profit. So you're selling items regularly. Make items to sell for a profit. Selling items on a regular basis, either online, car boot sales or through classified adverts. So that's things like eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, Craigslist, that kind of stuff. And if you earn commissions from selling goods for other people, so this would be along the lines of you're given a product and you sell or use your influence on your social media to sell things, then you're earning a commission off the back of sales, then you're classed as earning money. Or if you're paid for a service you provide, so like window cleaning, gardening, that kind of thing. There's other areas that come as part of this. So you will be also considered self-employed if you're taking money from property that you're renting out, those kind of things. Again, I'm going to keep that for a separate one. That's a bit more detailed. So if that applies to you, make sure to keep an eye out on the future episodes. Now, how hard or easy is it to register yourself as being self-employed? What do you have to do? What's the steps involved? If you're self-employed, you will need to set up as a sole trader. All that means is you need to let someone know in the government, in this case, HMRC, that you intend to be a trader, basically, sole trader, which is also self-employed working for yourself. There are other ways to work for yourself. And those would be things like a business structure. So for example, if you're not self-employed, you may become a partner in a business partnership. You may even set up your own company. There's other ways that you can do this. There are a few resources that I'm going to point you towards because if you're new to this and you're totally not sure which direction to go, I'm offering this from the point of view of having gone through this process. So it's more of an experience, uh, me sharing my experience with you, how I did it and what services are available. So if you're looking to set up a business, you want to get some support. There are things out there that you can look at. So in England, you can contact the government's business support helpline for free advice. This is a useful resource. You can also find free support and sources uh, through the local growth hub. That I'll give you some details about that. You can check the description for information. There's a business support helpline in England. You can give them a call. There's an email address and it's a website. So make sure you check the, the show notes to see that. The business support helpline for England is also on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So they're very social and that would be an interesting place for you to get a bit of, just understand what they do. So it will be, I'll give you a quick, uh, at businessgov is on Twitter and you can see, uh, have a look at them there. And they've got Facebook and actually a YouTube channel as well. In Scotland, they have a get business support online for yourself. So there's Wales as well. So I might put one link to all of these so you can just check out which applies to you because over the UK you will have different uh, areas. Now, this is something that's been going on for a while. So it's a nice place to see. They don't have any recent uh, uploads, but from the past, there's some information there to help you. Okay, so let's look into this a little bit further now. So say, for example, you're intrigued so far, like I was originally, I was making a little bit of money and I wanted to start making sure that I'm doing everything in accordance with what's expected from me in terms of the law and the tax and things. 
So if you're a sole trader, you run your own business as an individual and are self-employed, you can keep all your business profits after you've paid tax on them. You're personally responsible for any losses your business makes. You must also follow certain rules on running and naming your business. So the important one there to highlight is you're personally responsible for losses your business makes. So when you're self-employed, if you make a loss, you need to make sure you've got the money to cover that. You need to make sure you've got the right insurances, etc., to make sure that you're not going to get claimed on, etc. When you need to set up as a sole trader, there's a couple of rules as of now. So this will be time sensitive in the future. It might change. I'm recording this as of 7th of November, 2022. When you need to set up as a sole trader, you need to set up as a sole trader if any of the following apply. Again, hopefully you can hear this. I'm hoping this is information, but I will put this in the, the show notes where you can access the link directly. I just wanted to allow you to hear this before you set up so you've got something to refer to. You earned more than £1,000 from self-employment in any tax year. A tax year runs from the 6th of April to the 5th of April. So that's a tricky one to keep an eye on and especially the dates get confusing. So for example, you would be looking at the past tax year. Currently we're in 2022, we're in November. So technically we are after the 5th of April, 2022. However, this year we would be doing our last year's tax figures, calculations. So the question to ask yourself is for last year between April, 6th of April and the 5th of April, 2021 to 2022. In this example, did you make, did you earn more than a thousand pounds? Now that's thousand pounds overall. That's not thousand pounds minus expenses. So for example, if I buy something for 200 pounds, I sold it for a thousand pounds. That is, I made a thousand pounds. I can't take my 200 pounds away from that. So they count the total number. Again, I'm not a tax expert. This is my opinion. So make sure you get your own independent financial advice. It's worth me saying that. But this gives you something to think about, basically. You need to prove you're self-employed, for example, to claim tax-free childcare. That's when you're going to have another option. Uh, When you need to set up as a sole trader, if you want to make voluntary class to national insurance payments to help you qualify for benefits. So national insurance, that's another topic that we might have to look at separately. However, your few benefits there, national insurance contributions count towards the benefits and pensions. So you're looking at class one for employees, class two for self-employed, class three is a voluntary contribution, things like basic state pension, additional state pension, and you know, new, some of them cover one or the other basically this is basically when you're making money you're paying a little bit away towards your future when you need it that's like a layman's explanation but it's a lot more complicated than that and maybe i'll do another episode but let me know if you want me to cover that in a future one now that was that section so how do you set up as a sole trader it's not too bad to be honest you can set up as a a sole trader you need to tell hmrc that you pay tax through self-assessment you need to file a tax return every year. That's all online. You go to directgov.uk or www.gov.uk and you can follow that along for setup as a sole trader. What do you need to do as a sole trader? You need to keep business records and records of expenses. So if you're going to register, 
let's use an actual example then, shall we? So you're you're making a bit of sales online, selling on eBay. This year you made £2,000. That's how much money came back to you after all your sales. Now, technically, that money is all income. So you are over the £1,000. You need to go online, register as a sole trader and put in your information. However, if you're starting, make sure when you're buying those eBay items or Etsy items, you're keeping a log somewhere, maybe a basic spreadsheet. I might provide a link to a spreadsheet I used to use, the one that I made. Um, it's a very basic couple of tables, income and expenditure. How much did I spend on this item? How much did it cost me to bring it in? How much did I sell it for? And then it works out what your actual profit is. Because profit is basically your income, take away anything it costs you to get that income. So for example, those £2,000 worth of sales, you may have actually spent £500 on stock, which you then sold for £2,000. So in theory, your profit would have been £1,500 because it's £500 for the stuff you bought and then you're left with that £1,500, which is the profit. And this is where it comes into keeping business records and records of expenses. Because at any one point, if they decide to, they can audit accounts and ask you for proof. So it's good to keep receipts and information and dates for all of this. Your responsibilities also include sending a self-assessment tax return every year. So in your calendar, make sure you put a date where you need to send the complete the tax return each year. And you also need to pay income tax on your profits and any class two, class four national insurance. If you're new to the UK and you don't really have one or you're young, you need to have a national insurance number as part of this process. And there will be some additional things to think about because VAT is something that will apply if you're planning to make a turnover is over £85,000 in any 12 months. So you can register voluntarily if it suits your business. For example, if you sell to other VAT registered businesses and want to reclaim VAT. So this again is its own area, but if you're starting off and you're starting small, this won't apply to you yet. This basically, if you're planning to make a lot of money, then it may be beneficial to not be self-employed straight away. Maybe speak to an accountant and set up as a limited company, but we're going to cover that in a separate episode when you're working for yourself and how that progresses. So it's interesting. Now, there's a few other areas here which I can't really give any information on because I'm not, I don't have that experience, but there's a construction and if you're working, there's different subcontractor rules, things like that. So keep an eye on those and speak to an accountant. Um, naming your business, you can trade under your own name or you can choose another name for your business. You do not need to register your name. You must include your name and business name if you have one on official paperwork, for example, invoices and letters. So like, for example, if you're selling online and your name or the whatever your Etsy shop name is, if it's your name, like, I don't know, Zulf Crafts or something like that. And uh, you, yeah, so sole trader names must not include limited LLP or PLC or be offensive words. It needs to be nice, basically, because you can't really be a sole trader calling yourself Zulf Limited when you're not limited company. So they're like safe words for only people that have companies. Also, be sure what name you're deciding to use is not already used by someone else or covered by trademarks. So you don't have someone, your company aligning with somebody else's company, which then causes you or them to do any legal action against you. So don't end up calling yourself Facebook or something like that or trying to. 
Um, if you register a trademark, it's easier to stop other businesses using your name or logo. So maybe consider setting up a trademark if you're a company or brand that people may want to copy. Now, as part of this process, you must keep records of your business income and expenses for your tax return if you're self-employed. You also need to keep records of your personal income. If you're a nominated partner in a partnership, you must also keep records of the partnership. Now, accounting methods, you'll need to choose an accounting method. Traditional accounting, many businesses use traditional accounting where you record income and expenses by the date you invoiced or were billed. Example, you invoiced a customer on the 28th of March 2021. You record that invoice for the 2020 to 2021 tax year, even if you did not receive the money until the next tax year. So you're basically basing it on the day you invoiced as opposed to the day you got the money. Cash basis accounting, most small businesses with an income of £150,000 or less can use cash basis reporting. With this method, you only record income or expenses when you receive money or pay a bill. This means you will not need to pay income tax on money you have not yet received in your accounting period. Example, you invoiced someone on the 15th of March 2021 but did not receive the money until 30th of April 2021. Record this income for the 2021 to 2022 tax year. So that's basically based on when the money came in as opposed to when you started asking for the money. So what kind of records do you need to keep? Something to consider would be all the sales and income, all your business expenses. If you're registering for VAT, any VAT that you've paid. If you employ people, you may have pay, pay as you earn, so payee records. Records about your personal income, any grants or self-employment income support schemes which you might have received. You do not need to send your records in when you submit your tax return, but you need to keep them so you can work out the, your profit or loss for your tax return and show them to HMRC if asked. You must make sure your records are accurate. Keep proof, uh, things like receipts, goods and stocks, receipts for goods and stocks, bank statements, checkbook stubs, sales invoices, till rolls and bank slips. If you're using a traditional accounting, you as you as well as the standard records, you'll also need to keep the further records to show that the tax returns includes what you owed but have not yet received, what you committed to spend but not spent or laid paid out yet. For example, if you received an invoice but have not paid it yet, the value of stock and work in progress at the end of your accounting period, your year-end bank balances, how much you've invested in the business in the year, how much money you've taken out for your own use. Now, when you've got all this information, how long do we need to keep all this paperwork for? Well, interesting. You must keep your records for at least five years after the 31st of January submission deadline for relevant tax year. So keep an eye on that example. If you sent your 2020 to 2021 tax return online by 31st of January 2022, you must keep your records until at least the end of 
January 2027. Very late returns. If you send your tax return more than four years after the deadline, you'll need to keep your records for 15 months after you send your tax return. If your records are lost, stolen or destroyed, so if you have any eventualities at home causing you to lose that, if you cannot replace your records, you must do your best to provide figures, tell HMRC when you file your tax return if you're using estimated figures, your best guess when you cannot provide the figures, actual figures or provisional figures, your temporary estimated figures while you wait for actual figures. You'll also need to submit actual figures when available. Okay, that was a very information heavy podcast today, but I wanted to cover this from the point of view if you're in the UK and you want to start up, these are things you need to think about, have in your mind before setting up. If in doubt, you can check out online. There's a few resources that help you. A couple of good places to start. YouTube channel, Small Business Toolbox. He does explain a lot of this process quite nicely and it'd be handy for you to check that out. Again, I'll put a link in the description. So that has been a quick overview of things you need to think about while working for yourself can sound very daunting just take your time look through the information in the website i give you in the show notes make sure you understand everything before you set it up try not to rush into it anything you're not sure about you need to seek a little bit of advice from maybe a financial planner or an accountant everything i've given you today is just uh, information that i've gained from the direct website direct gov website and that's available to everybody however in this form at least you can hear it and understand bits and bobs with a little bit of context around how i followed my journey it would be really good if you can leave a review wherever you're listening to this the show resources are available at zolftalks.com you can also sign up to the mailing list there which will allow you to get information to help you on your journey working for yourself I had to break the idea I had been brought up to believe about success and failure and what they truly mean. Do you know who failure is? Failure is someone you cannot possibly be. You are not a failure for making mistakes, for not reaching your goals, for not fulfilling your dreams and promises. You are not a failure for doing the wrong thing or going the wrong way. Failure is not a human condition that defines all of you wholly and truly. Failure seems absolute as if you are nothing else but. That cannot be though. And why? Because you are a person and being a person means that you are allowed to be human. Being a failure is not a standard to fit into and you were never meant to fit into it either. You may have not reached your goals or fulfilled your expectations, you may have encountered complications leading down the path you didn't intend to take, but that does not make you a failure. No one intends to fail, but everyone intends and tries to succeed. Success is a status that means getting the deed done, period. Success is not about being first to cross the finish line, it is about crossing the finish line at all. Success is a journey and no journey is a perfectly straight path. No matter how long it takes or how many times you made mistakes, as long as you did it, you did it. Even when you don't make it to your goal or deadline, you successfully tried your best. That is more than what anyone could ask of you, including yourself. Give yourself time, give yourself breaks, 
you will get there. Enjoy your journey. You are not a failure. You are a successful story in the making. I read this on Commerful.com, Failure and Success, and it's by Starry Cosmos. Thank you. Great read. Definitely enjoyed that.